When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We'll unpack it all in this episode, but first, howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and a Half. I'm your host, Matt King. This is my darling co-host, Mike Sheffer. And today, we have come full circle with the very first guest that we ever had on this podcast. Not on video, just audio. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. But we have Josh Peck with us, ladies and gentlemen. He's an actor, comedian. You may know him from... Many movies, Red Dawn, The Wackness, my Snow favorite Day. movie, Snow Day, <laughs> uh, YouTube, and um, his new show, which is now on Disney Plus, Turner and Hooch, Josh Peck, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for having me. And we love you. We've missed you. <laughs> missed you guys. And I'm so happy that we were able to get you because you were like uncertain if you had, if you, well, you, you got tested. I did. And you tested negative. Because I'm responsible. Because you were in Vegas. Stupid. What were you doing in Vegas, Josh? So I have a big brother from the Jewish Big Brothers Foundation. Oh, that's right. We talked about this, I think. I uh, grew up without a father. Yes. I'm going to dive right in. And so my mom, at around 9 or 10 years old, was like, no matter how much I try to teach this kid how to play catch... I, I can't I can't teach him. <laughs> right. Maybe I could he needs a strong male influence in his life. So I got a big brother. And the thing about the Big Brother Foundation is that it's this beautiful thing, but the the period in which you are close with that big brother or big sister tends to be about three years and then you lose touch. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason. I on the other hand, have stayed in touch with my big brother for 25 years. We're thick as thieves. He was the best man at my wedding. The guy's a freaking gem. And he lives in Florida. So whenever he goes to Vegas, he goes, Josh, man. He has a Boston accent. <laughs> says, Josh, man. <laughs> he goes, fucking come to, come to Vegas. Come meet me. We'll go and hang out for a couple hours. So I literally flew there for six hours to A, see my brother, and B, Make sure my wife didn't resent me for spending the night in Vegas. <laughs> oh, so you right. flew and came back the same day? I did. You didn't even spend the night? Yes. That's I'm a good a... husband. So you get there for only six hours. Are you gambling at all? Yeah, I lost 100 bucks. Okay, well, that's not bad. What's it's your game? Not. Blackjack, I guess. Okay. Gambling's so stupid. <laughs> it's such a dumb thing, no? Uh, well, I, I, I like it. I like blackjack. I don't like poker because I don't like taking money from like strangers. Mm. I like playing against the house, you know? And I like a good slot machine, but I have to like <laughs> have a good connection with it. Like certain slots I don't mess with. And I listen to I, I mean, I'm a big podcast listener. Oh, okay. Who are I you listen- listening to these days? Hoot and a half. 
pretty much. Yeah, this guy, Come on. Hollywood professional over here. I just like all the. I, I like any podcast from the Vlog Squad. Really, um, who else do I listen to? You really listen to the Vlog Squad's podcast? <laughs> no. no, you don't. <laughs> no way. Hey, I don't listen to like any of them because I live them. I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to Joe and Ilya. Just go at it. No I, way. I'll I be re- on it. I refuse to listen to Joe and Ilya. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> no. How does 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 Nick have a a, a podcast yet? Jonah? No, he start he opened up a restaurant with his family. I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's been up to. Have you have you gone to Jonah's kebab? It's great. Yeah, it's delicious. It's outstanding. It shouldn't be doing as well as it is being run by a psycho like Nick. <laughs> well, he already put another kebab place out of business. The one across the street? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if they put it out of business or definitely push them to the point where they're like, we need to relocate. I mean, they don't have the branding sort of engine that Jonah <laughs> that the has. Yeah. do. Wait, where were we? <laughs> we were talking about your big brother and going um, to Vegas. Going to Vegas. Wait, so how old were you when he became your big brother? Eight. Eight. And you were already doing like show business around that time? I was doing like children's theater in New York. And so he knew that he was he was taking on a pretty a, a pretty musical theatery kid. And what was his profession? He was a stockbroker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how old like, was he when you were a kid? So he's fifty now, and I'm thirty four. So he was twenty four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've considered doing. I've considered doing Big Brother, but sometimes I think I'm not that realistic of a role model for like the sure. kids to look up to, because it's like what we do is something that you can't really like choose to do in your life you know but you need to have like a realistic role model like a stockbroker a lawyer a medical professional yeah anything sure. truly admirable but um he never tried to sway you away from the showbiz life or he, was he encouraging and cheering you on the entire way he was encouraging i mean there were certainly a couple times where he was like what are you really gonna do but i think that was everyone in my life and and who can blame them because it's a ridiculous idea that we're gonna like be able to sustain this life forever i can't believe i'm 34 and actually semi-financially secure at this point and like there's a really good chance that i'll make it into my like mid-50s without having to do dancing with the stars and (laughs) if that i mean if that happens that'll be unbelievable because no one the problem with our business right is that once you're in it's like it's like being in a gang Mm -hmm. a really really non-violent uh emotionally hectic gang where it's blood in blood out right because we could all quit tomorrow but and you could go back to texas and be really good at real estate but (laughs) you're always going to be that guy from the internet who's now good at real estate and i'll be josh from drake and josh who's like a a cpa and mike (laughs) (laughs) mike will go work at you know i i feel like mike's got enough hookups in new york well he'll just be able to blend right back in (laughs) but i feel like we'd kill it though in those fields even though having this like but everyone every time someone asks who's your accountant oh it's josh oh the kid from drake and josh yeah that's my account he does accounting now (laughs) right you have to hide in plain sight yeah it's weird, and most people's ego can't can't handle it. Uh-huh. That they were like, I don't know if my if I could. I want to believe that I could, and I I do in days where I like I'm not booking jobs and I'm getting rejected from like some audition for like the fifth lead on some shitty sitcom. <laughs> I'm like, you know, maybe I could be you know go work at my friend's trucking company. Could like I be a car salesman? To, like go to, sell, go sell some Audis or something. Yeah. No way. <laughs> I couldn't do that. You don't think you could go to a car dealership and apply for a job and 
Sell cars? Yeah. I think I would be doing advertising probably. I mean, that was like my job right out of college was working for, you know, account services at an ad agency. Mm. So And Apple I, was one of your clients, right? Yeah. It was our only client was Apple. You so were I, the agency of record for Apple. Yes. Media Arts Lab. I worked for like iPhone 5, uh, Apple Music right before it started. In, in Dallas? No, in L.A. Oh. So I was like doing buying on the side and I had that job. That was like my first big boy job. But then I quit that. You never, you never had a real job, right? No, because I'm Josh from Drake and Josh. It's never, <laughs> just like never like, had to put together a LinkedIn resume. I you're working it. at an Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh man, you know it was funny. Jonah let me uh, at his restaurant have a have an employee login on the register, and I was like wearing the shirt, and I was like plain employee for two hours. Taking <laughs> orders? Yeah. Working the register. It was great. How did it feel? It felt liberating. Granted, I was doing it for two hours and knew like I was going to get to get in my Tesla and drive to my nice apartment. <laughs> but like, so of course it wasn't the reality. But I was like, there's something very liberating about this. You didn't get anything wrong. Not really. I mean, I asked for help. Well, I don't know. My mind, I still have nightmares about the time I forgot to give somebody the jumbo shrimp, and I just gave them the grilled shrimp at mm. Uncle Julio's six years ago, and I still feel bad about it. <laughs> Maybe you're too sensitive for the real world, Matt. Was that real? You... I'm not tough enough. What do you mean? Was that real? What I just said? Yes, that was oh, real. Because you said you had a dream. I thought you I had... still have nightmares thinking about but it. But you worked at a place called Uncle Julio's? Yes. Here's my Freshly question. cooked chips and daily hand roasted salsa. Why wasn't it called Tio Julio's? Tio? <laughs> Great point. Because it was Tex Mex. Ah. It's where the Tex meets the Mex. It makes sense. So the Tex is the uncle, the Mex is the Julio's. Fair. So yeah, fajitas, Rita's, and swirls that's where like our three main items we had to to sell <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah it was a good time but i still like cringe about moments where i went wrong but... i saw you on my for you page with a explosively viral tiktok the other day your your first day on the assassin job yeah it, <laughs> it did was well. really really good and hilariously funny thank you so much 10 out of 10 josh 80 million views 80 million or is that is that what you get on tiktok watches 80 likes I th it had like 12 million I likes, so 11 million likes and so I, that probably with the, with the 80 million views that adds up that's uh, nearly uh, a third of the country <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i'll be honest it was a trend that i saw for a while and i'm just super lazy so it took me a while to do it and then it kind of the the scuttlebutt around it was like well he stole it and i'm like I saw 80 people do this trend. Yes, yes. I just got to it late. <laughs> I think you had the most realistic reaction out of all of them. Because <laughs> a lot you. of the other ones just, just do it and they're like, oh, no, I fucked up. Yeah, you're, yours you, was just like, oh, God. You did the research <laughs> for the character. You did some prep work. You don't work to a dialogue coach. You really put in the work. You're too good to well, Speaking of putting in work, let's talk about your new role in uh, Turner and Hooch. You play uh, a U.S. Marshal, Scott Turner. And I read that you actually did do a lot of uh, work in preparing for this role, being being a U.S. Marshal. You had a lot of, like, combat military training. Tell us about that, Josh. <laughs> I'd love to, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking. Yeah, I, so I'm playing a U.S. Marshal on my new show, Turner and Hooch. And, you know, it, it's kind of, it's a family show, so it's broadly comedic, and there's, like, some rom-com elements. And those things I felt kind of comfortable in because I'd done it before. But the idea of, like, playing someone that you felt comfortable could save you uh, definitely felt like much more of a stretch. And so in the interest of not feeling like a total phony, I was lucky enough to have the real U.S. Marshals from the Southwest Task Force take me on a ride along. 
So I got picked up by a guy named Frankie, Deputy Marshal Frankie, at 7.30 in the morning. He was Out in, here in L.A. or while you're on set? In Los Angeles okay. County. And he was wearing shorts, which I thought was weird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see cops in shorts a lot. And uh, and he's like, okay, so we're going to go see if this guy is home. And uh, I've got, you know, there's a couple cars behind us, all full of marshals. And we're going to go see if this guy was home. And he Ooh. was home. Wait, okay, so what... This is a guy who's committed a crime. Yes. So they're going to arrest. Yes. Did he have a warrant out for his arrest? Yes. And he has failed That's, to show up and turn himself in or what? So mostly – so the U.S. Marshals have a lot of uh, different jobs. And you don't hear a lot about them because of all the federal law enforcement agencies. They perhaps don't have as good a publicity as some other uh, agencies like the FBI or the and, DEA. Yeah, yeah, you see them all the time in movies. US Marshals don't get enough attention. I think so. Yeah. Um so some of their tasks are protecting federal judges, doing court security, relocating and protecting witnesses and witness protection. But their big thing is is like they're going after people who have failed to show up for court or are running from a crime they've committed. So these people are almost always guilty. Yeah. So we're entering a pretty hot environment and someone who obviously does not want to go to jail. And so we show up and we're sti- we're sitting there. Nice side of town, rough side of town. Not the best. Okay. <laughs> and you're in the back of a car. Do you have a bulletproof vest on? I'm in the front seat. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I look at, I'm like, I, and we're in a, I, I think I'm allowed to say this, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, great SUV, maybe not known for being the most armored of vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're waiting there, and all of a sudden, I just see Frankie kind of clock someone in the house. and Clock meaning... Follow and see or hit them over the head? <laughs> no, like see. Oh, like, okay. Okay. He sees like some movement in the house. So he knows people are home. And so he calls out to the other marshals and he's like, let's go. I think it's time we can, you know, I think this is the appropriate time. So these are not other marshals. They're all people from federal law enforcement. So it's like ATF, Homeland Security. And basically like a U.S. marshal's job is to go to different outlets like the Long Beach PD or Santa Ana PD and be like, how many cases do you have that need to be closed? I'll get a bunch of guys to come together because I've got the federal sort of government behind me. I've got the money and the resource. Let's close your cases. So give me, if you're a detective, Matt, give me the five guys that you need to go pick up and we'll go find them in the city. Ilya, Joe, right. Nick and <laughs> Perfect. So it's so they all get out of their cars, vests, the whole gear, me. About a block and a half back, walkie talkie. <laughs> a like, block and a half back. <laughs> Let's get it, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they they pick this dude up and uh and does you he watch walk, them bust he... through the door? Like no, they don't do it. I mean, it, in this case it was much more like it was a knock. It was like we have we uh, like we we know you're here, we're here, let's make this easy. And it was just sort of like a quick. And then they exchange. put him in the car. You join him in the car. I'm in the back seat with him. <gasps> and is he getting? Oh, kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. I was about to say, does he get in? Is like, 
Josh Peck, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing in this car? You're like, oh, I'm doing acting research for the show Turner and Hooch. Yeah, I mean, and I uh, and the detective whose case it was put them in their car and took them to go get booked. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, just like getting to be around Frankie, asking him the questions of like, how would you treat a rookie deputy? How are you? You know, like his big thing was like, and this wasn't from Frankie. This was from another U.S. Marshal. This guy Scott Samuels, who's um, who was our like sort of, uh, sort of our coordinator, like our guy for the whole show. And he was like, I don't think I've ever screamed out U.S. Marshals. Now, granted, we break this on Turner and Hoots because we like a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> in He's like, the quickest way to get someone to run is to scream out, "I'm the police!" Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? He's like, so. Mostly, I do my best to get really, really close, like almost to a whisper in their ear, and then I just say, "Put your hands behind your back." Oh, like because he he just said, and by the way, he's like most you know criminals aren't in the best of shape. He's like, but he's like, so I know that if I can run for about twenty five minutes without stopping, like there's a good chance that I'll be able to stick with you, even if you're faster than me for the first five. Right. But inevitably, like, I want to shorten the distance as much as I can between you fleeing and getting away. Now, but in the show, you're doing some pretty, like, physically exerting movements and stuff. And I'm curious, when I was watching it, I'm like, are you doing all your own stunts? No. You have a stunt double. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a good relationship with your stunt double? The best. Do you think he looks better in angles than you do? 100%. (laughs) He's way leaner, a little bit taller, and just more masculine and, like, more efficient. Like, I literally have takes of him running and me running and i'm like how do you run like that just because like it just looks very aggressive and purposeful and like i look like i'm like jogging to the ice cream truck (laughs) like hey like let me get a a raspberry ribbon do they already have it set with stunt doubles like okay we're gonna have your double do this or do you look at what's coming up and you're like can we just have uh my double do it please they asked me early on they're like how comfortable are you are are you with stunts and i was like very little because I've done it too much. Right? Here's the problem. If it really looked better with me, I would do it, right? Like if you were one of those rare people like Tom Cruise that can really sell it, great. The problem is I'm going to get hurt, and it doesn't look better with me. It looks better with them. Yeah, and you may have to be doing the take over and over and over again just to get it right. You'd much rather have someone who's just knows their body well enough to keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away. But in the final episode of Turner and Hooch, season one, um, my stunt double had to do this jump over like uh, this like fallen tree trunk and catch his feet. And basically, I'm like running away from this bad guy and I stumble. And so he couldn't really have his arms to protect him. So he has to do this like sprint, catch his foot on the on the tree and slam. And he broke his collarbone. <gasps> Did you watch it happen? Or yeah. you in your trailer like, how'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he broke his collarbone? Oh, no. Oh, I wasn't in my trailer, yeah. but I was in the green room tent. Okay. Okay. Village. Vancouver's very cold. Yeah. And so, so I'm like, and then and then they're like, all right, um, let's get the medic down here right away. And like, of course, he's so tough that he didn't even say it. But all the cameramen were like, we heard a pop. <gasps> like, we heard it. We heard it. And then, and I just see him. Shout the sound out. guy is just like, yeah, we heard the we heard a pop. Like, <laughs> yeah, shit. shout out Doug, my son double, who's like a freaking superhero. And I'm like seeing him walk away, and I'm like, how you doing, dude? Like, did you break your collarbone? He's like, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I'm like, 
do you want to cry or something? He's like, no, no, no I'm good. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this conversation with Josh Peck. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor. Mike, I'll tell you, it seems like this time of the year, last year, there was no end in sight. But now... Things so- kind of seem like they're going back to normal. Concerts, movies, restaurants, it's all coming back. Yeah, exactly. Right now, we are finally being able to enjoy those little pleasures, like being able to say hi to your neighbors and friends and running your day-to-day errands and also sending postage mail. Mm, maybe not everything is as exciting to return to, Matt. <laughs> so maybe some parts of normal life aren't so great. But with Stamps.com, you can skip trips to the post office and save time and money on postage. You can mail and ship anytime right from your computer. You can send letters, send packages, and pay less. And I mean a lot less. With discounted rates from UPS and USPS. Stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every year. Stamps.com brings US postal and UPS shipping services right to your computer. They make it so easy for small businesses to mail and ship without needing trips to the post office. You can print official U.S. postage 24-7 from your computer without needing to buy any fancy equipment. So once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or drop-off. It is that simple, folks. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It is saving nearly 1 million small business owners tons of money and time. And Stamps.com is offering deals you can't get anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS and up to 66% of UPS shipping rates. And with their switch and save feature, you can compare carriers and get the best rate every time. So stop wasting time going to the post office and start saving time and money with Stamps.com instead. And there is no risk. And with our promo code HOOT, H-O-O-T, you get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial plus free postage and a digital scale. And there's no long-term commitments or contracts. So just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our promo code HOOT. H-O-O-T. Once again, that is stamps.com with promo code HOOT. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. And now, back to the episode. So, stunt doubles are incredible. They're wild. When you look in a stunt double's eyes, like a real career stunt double, or like stuntman who's done it for decades, like there's something a little crazy in their eyes. And it's cute. Yeah. They're like Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you became friends with him? Like you guys had a good relationship? Yeah, we're bros. That's sick. Do you think you'll use him again in like future movies that you have? If he'd have me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was awesome. And like, I love the shots of him because I look so thin (laughs) (laughs) and like trim. You look great. You look great. Thank you. Um, Okay. Now, speaking of doubles, because this was itching at me the entire time I was watching it. So you share the screen with an adorable canine. Um, Hooch. Who I is can't a... believe you watched the show. Sorry. Yes, yeah. I watched it. Of course. Thank you. Like a friend supporting friends. My man. You know. So um, nice. And I loved it though. It w- it Thank exceeded you. my expectations. Like completely. Wow. Like You do an exceptional job. <laughs> it's really action packed. Um, I love just a good mystery. And um, <laughs> so you share the screen with Hooch, who is a French Mastiff, um, who's adorable. But is it the same dog? Every clip, or are you guys doing like a little Mary Kate and Ashley kind of thing where it's like 
like Mary Kate and Ashley on Full House, where like they would have the twin play different takes. Yes. Um, we have is it five. the same? There's five dogs. There's five hooches. Can you imagine if there were five Olsons? Uh, oh my gosh! Quintuplets. Five dogs. What? Just like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, yeah, we have Obi, Mimi, Sid. Hammer and Arnie. So were they like going? Were you doing takes and you're just like, oh shit, which one is this today? Or could you tell which one is which? No, I could tell. Can I, you tell watching on the show? You're going, oh, that was that was me and me. Or... I can usually tell by the task because like we had Obi who was like the older dog who like basically was just fine sitting there and looking cute. So Obi got used the most because usually we just need Hoots to like just chill next yeah, to me, be in the scene. Yeah, and then Hammer was like our pull me across the screen. Sprinting dog Like if 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 anyone's getting chased It's Hammer And then like Sid was like The really cute one So like the close ups Are Sid And like Mimi was our girl dog And she was like A little bit lighter Than the rest of the dogs So we couldn't use her a lot Just cause She didn't really quite match Physically But she was like The expert If you needed Hoots to like Grab one delicious Treat from the bowl It was Mimi Oh wow Yeah Did they all have the same owner? No, multiple owners and different trainers. Wow. Yeah. That must be a fun job being like a casting director, but just for dogs. Like you have to travel around the world and scout out French Mastiffs. Yeah. Do you think most people should see Turner and Hooch the movie before watching the series? I think, yeah. I mean, the the movie really holds up. It's just one of those like great 80s. I mean, what Tom Hanks movie doesn't hold up? True. Right? Very true. And I think this show... You know, obviously, like, some people are always going to compare it to the original, but I think we tried to be smart and be like, listen, we don't want to mess with your memories. Like, this is a continuation. You're not remaking something classic. You're adding on to it. Right. You're you're continuing it. I know. I watched Turner and Hooch, the the movie, after I watched your show. Because I wanted to see, like, any similarities in your character that that Tom Hanks is. And there are. You guys, like, are really like a father-son dynamic. And I guess, though... The reason why I'm bringing it up, but I don't want to do too much of a spoiler, and it's not really a spoiler because I think people know that you're playing his son, right? Yes, and that he has passed the dog onto you. No, it's he's not passing the dog onto me. Is this a whole different dog? This, this isn't is... your hooch is not the one from the movie. Okay, then explain to me. So I didn't finish the first one, and I guess <laughs> I should. But hooch dies in the original movie. Shit. <laughs> Because I had this big question where I'm like, how is he passing you down this dog from the 80s that's still alive? No, my my mom kind of says in the pilot, like, your dad adopted this dog and it reminded him so much of the original Hooch. Oh, maybe I was really busy writing down the question and completely (laughs) missed that. I go go on my phone when I watch shows, too. How was uh, living in Canada and moving in the middle of a global shutdown? So you guys filmed it in Canada, but doesn't it take place in San Francisco? It does. Vancouver plays basically every, and this is a little Hollywood secret, but basically any movie you see is either Vancouver or somewhere in Georgia. Wait, damn it. It's in Vancouver? Yeah. So you didn't film in San Francisco at all? At all. No. Well, then there goes one of my questions. Because I was like, I literally have this question where I was like, I feel, watching the show, I feel like it really captured the environment and essence of San Francisco. Now, I know it was during COVID, but did you get to explore the city at all? And do you have any recommendations to our viewers and listeners about San Francisco? So I'll take it back. No, the whole, you shot the whole thing. Yeah, the way they do it is like they shoot like with the characters the cast in vancouver and then like the establishing shots of like the city they'll send a second unit out and just these studios have just a bunch of b-roll of just the outside of a city to establish it but 
Yeah, Matt's like, now when you were shooting real guns, how did you make sure you missed? <laughs> how did you make sure you didn't kill the bad guys in real life? Um, yeah, we shot it in Vancouver, and like you're right, they pretty much like Vancouver, a, a, a few places around Canada, Toronto, Montreal, but Atlanta, Louisiana, those are sort of like the epicenters because I think it's just cheaper yeah. to shoot in those places. But Vancouver was a good match. It's like a proper metropolis. It's kind of always that rainy kind of overcast weather, um, but. It was wild to literally leave at the end of August of 2020 and know that, like, you're now in Canada and it's really nice that they were willing to have us and allow us to work. And out of respect to that, Canada was like, we don't want you going back and forth and flying all over the place. So you're going to get here. You're going to do a two-week quarantine. And then if you ever leave, you're going to have to quarantine again. So, you know, for, for eight months, you know, we missed all the holidays and all the birthdays. And it was... It was like a once in a lifetime thing. And while like I probably couldn't do that again, like I'm, you know, my wife and I, like we look fondly back on that, that time of, in our life, which was so rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they, you, you lived in a house, an apartment. Like what was the, what was the situation? Were you close to the job? Was it an easy situation? Was it like comfortable for you to be there? Or was it a little bit more of a transition period where you're like, where do I eat? Where do I get my coffee? Like what was the, the period of, essentially moving to a new country, like with your family in the middle of all of this? Well, I think as Americans, or at least I can speak for myself, but I do have a little bit of that American thing to me where I'm like, Canada's just Northern America. Like we share a continent, right? Like it's strip malls and it just feels, you know, it's just like, we're, we're very close, our countries right. and we are. And yet you get there and you're so, you quickly realize like, oh no, you're in a totally different country. Like wake up. It's not all about you. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, and, and it's what makes it so charming and like that it has this, you know, most of Canada has this great French influence and there's just like a, a totally different culture. And so you're right. Like as soon as I got there, I was like, does Canada have Amazon? Like, <laughs> what if I need things? Uh -huh. yeah. They do. <laughs> and like, and when we had to buy a crib for my son, like we went to Walmart. <laughs> like, right. don't judge me, okay? My son sleeps in a Walmart <laughs> crib. But yeah, there was definitely a bit of an adjustment. But also at that time, Vancouver was open like it was quasi open where la felt super shut down so like they had indoor dining and they had oh, nice. like arcades were open for my kid and like trampoline park which my son and i went to every week and so it was kind of like wow it we're getting to kind of have some semblance of like normalcy up here but it was funny because during the quarantine basically when you get to canada they tell you at the border you are to go directly to the place you are quarantining. And if we discover that you've left or we come to make sure you're there in the first two weeks and you're not there, you could face a $700,000 fine and like six months in jail. Because they're like... You don't want to get caught outside from when you get there. Right. No. Okay. So it was my wife, my wife's cousin who came up with us to help with our son and uh, Max and I, we go to this house and it wasn't that bad. It was like two weeks of ordering a lot of food, ordering groceries. We had the backyard so we could like hang out and get some air and whatnot. But it was funny when I got back in April, I booked this little job for this Netflix movie in Toronto and it was a, it's this great movie and I was so excited to have the part, but they were like, you're going to, it's four days of work, but you're going to have to go re-quarantine for two weeks in Toronto. Four days of work? Yeah. Is this for doors? 
No. Oh, this wait. was like a small part in in this new movie I just did called Thirteen. Oh, okay. And so this was last month. Yeah, this was in June. So I'm now going and re-quarantining by myself because I told my wife, you could sit this one out, babe. You've done your share. <laughs> I'm by myself in a apartment in the in like downtown Toronto. No family. No nice house in North Vancouver with a bad guard. And I I it got dark. You went a little nuts. I did. I put in 30,000 steps a day, neurotically pacing. In an apartment? The apartment. That's 12 and a half miles. Oh, my gosh. The person living under you must have been like, he doesn't stop. <laughs> Where is he going? The, the, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Great takeout in Toronto. What did you do all day? I just contemplated my existence. Oh, you went down a path, like a dark path. Yeah. It, it like I would like walk out. I had a terrace, so I would like do laps on the terrace in the morning, like the yard in prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Hope you're enjoying this conversation with Josh Peck. We'll be right back after a quick word from the sponsor. You've probably heard of us talking about hymns and how they're trying to help guys look their best. And if you haven't, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of just 35. You know, guys are always concerned about their hairline. Is it moving too far back? Do I have any bald spots? But the best thing to do about thinning hair is to do something right away while you still have some. Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when you can trust medicine and science? Thankfully, there is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. The solution is 4 It is time to write a new chapter, one in which that you have hair. Thanks to science, baldness can now be optional. This is not snake oil pills or gas station supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. No more in-person, awkward doctor visits or long pharmacy lines. 4 connects you with licensed medical professionals online, which could save you hours, and it's all completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions, a medical professional will review, and if they determine that it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss delivered directly to your door. And so today, guys, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you are not happy with your results after 90 days... Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners, you can get your first visit absolutely free. So go to forhims.com slash hoot. Once again, that is forhims.com slash hoot. H-O-O-T. And just as a disclaimer, prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions do apply. See website for full details and safety information. And remember, that's 4 slash hoot. Waiting for the two weeks to go up, were you like, did you know your lines inside out? Like, was there work to do? Did yeah. you do any character study? You were just like, I just need to get out and start filming. Well, I was playing a rabbi. So I was doing some rabbinical studies. You play a rabbi in the Netflix movie? Uh Uh-huh. That's right, baby. We are eliminating tropes here. (laughs) We are redefining what a rabbi is. Did you grow a beard or put a beard on? I wasn't an Orthodox rabbi. I was a reformed rabbi. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) But, you know, so like my best, one of my my closest friends, his dad's a rabbi. So I spent a lot of time talking to him and also did speak some Hebrew for it. So I had to like really learn... Like I, I just wanted to make sure. Do you want to hear it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I would love to. Um. Okay, I haven't said it in like a month and a half. Uh, let's let's see if you can say it and I can translate it. Hashem boe hashamayim 
נותן נשמה לעם עליך, ואוח לחולכים בא. What I got from that, which I think is most of it, is God up in heaven gives a soul to the king, and then I didn't really get the second half. Was that close to accurate? I don't, know. I don't know if he's doing really good. I mean, you've just been bullshitting how well you know Hebrew. No, I mean, it, that's also, that's also sounds a little bit like biblical Hebrew, which is a little bit different than modern Hebrew. So some of the words in biblical Hebrew are not as, okay. you don't hear it in modern day Israel. But what, what does that mean? God, who created the heavens, gives a soul to the people and a spirit to all who walk upon it. Wow. And that's yeah. in the New Testament? Danger. 
yet. Mm-hmm. A little bit, but not really. He'll like peer over the side of things when he's on like the the jungle gym, but he won't he won't make the leap. But eventually, he's going to. Right. Mm-hmm. You gotta be there. To, you'll be there to catch him though. Always. Yeah. I need to. Someone once told me that being a father means telling your kid it's okay. You might get hurt doing this, but it's important you do it anyway. And I'll be here if you do get hurt. Yeah, that's weird thinking about like one day like my kids will get hurt. Like yeah. I broke my arm when I was like four years old. Like, yeah. But it's just going to happen. But knowing that like your kid is most likely going to get hurt and you just have to accept it and be there for them when it happens, you know? You have to be the arbiter of like my son cries every day before school. And it is heartbreaking. Because he doesn't want to go or yes. he's just fussy about something. He doesn't want to go. But it's he's – granted, he's only gone for like – he's gone on and off for like – he'll go for a week or two and then he was like out with a little bit of a cold for like a week. So then it was like resetting. And then they had like a two-week break in between like the spring and summer session. So he hasn't really gotten into it yet. So – what will happen is we'll get in the car and be like, I don't want to go to school. And then like we'll finally get to school and be like, take me in. Walk me into school. And I'll be like, sure. So I like have him. And I walk him into school and the teacher will be there like waiting lovingly. And she'll accept him. And then he'll like freak out. And he'll be like, Dada. Oh, and, boy. And the teacher tells you like, you got to go. <laughs> because he can't know that this works. Like the because then the more he freaks out, he'll know that you stay longer. Oh yeah. So just go. And then within five minutes, every single time, I'll get a, a text from the teacher of a picture of him like playing with something. Yeah. Like, Smiling, happy as can be. Totally forgot about right. Me. But you're on your heartstrings when you're seeing your kids screaming for you and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna get in my car and go away now. Yeah. That's gotta be tough. You're like, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, just, I'm bad. Just like, walking on the hallway in slow motion with your kid in the background. Screaming for just you. Screaming you. for you, holding on to the frame of the door. <laughs> the teachers, and when you walk your the kid into school, that you have to go by like the administrators, like whatever, like the preschool principal and whatnot. Uh-huh. They text my wife, going, Is your husband okay? <laughs> we think it's been really hard on him. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I appreciate them checking in. <laughs> it has been hard. They're not worried about it. They're like, oh, Max is great. Yeah. Like, five minutes and he's happy as a clam. Yeah. Josh seems like he's on his last <laughs> leg. And I'm like, I might be. Well, congratulations on your four-year anniversary with you and Paige. Thank you. Four years. How about that? And what advice do you have like hitting your four-year mark looking back <sighs> on it all? How long have you been with your girl? A year and seven months. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. You're a real relationship guy. It's uh-huh. something I love about you. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. You really like to dig in, get to know someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need I need sincerity. I need authenticity. Do you feel uncomfortable when you're sort of doing like the player thing? The player thing? Like you know. when I was single? Yes. Um, I think I was single more for my mental health than anything. Mm-hmm. But did I feel like I was like a player? Did I like that? No, not yeah. really. No, I still felt really lonely the entire time during that like period of my life. Though I feel like I needed to experience that to really get over stuff and to fall in love with myself again. But no, but I love being in love. You know? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's I yeah, there's something about being with someone like I don't know. I, I find as a man, like when you have a really good partner, they domesticate you. Like when there's like guys I know who are like in their 50s or 60s and they're like multiple divorces or never have been with anyone, they're a bit feral. 
Yeah. I'm like, you don't shower enough. <laughs> you know? Like, if I see a guy in his 60s who's, like, still smoking, I'm like, you never were with the right person. Mm-hmm. Who was like, Rick, enough. Right. Right? And so... Or, like, a guy who, like, orders, like, a cheeseburger and onion rings and a milkshake at the diner. I'm like, there was no one in your ear going, like, do you really need that? Like, how about a salad? Yeah. Some, someone to tell you that. Salad instead of the onion rings. Uh-huh. Have the burger. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's compromise somewhere here. Yeah. And have a diet beverage. You don't need a milkshake. So this is how, like, you're, like, with Paige. You're telling her not to order. <laughs> yeah. She's off. She's off yeah. the rails. I feel like now I really get a sense of you in the relationship. No. She's domesticated yeah. me for sure. Like, she'll just tell me, like, certain things just aren't appropriate. Uh-huh. And it's just great. Like, you just have someone watching your back. And, mm-hmm. and make you the best version of yourself. But in a way where they're not changing you but you just it comes out of you so naturally but you have to be willing to like continually work you have to get off on work and growth yeah that never ends like i don't know what it, like i wonder what people in their 60s have to work on who are still together but i would imagine something right but that's what it feels like now is you are in an, in a state of improvement via being in a relationship Yes, you meet someone and you start to grow through each other and then you have a child and then they force that child forces both of you to grow, which is like an interesting dynamic. So adding pressure and like living big, like expanding your life and committing to a person and then committing to like procreating your spawn is like every time you put sort of more skin in the game, you're forced to sort of level up. With your growth, I find. And yeah. Well, I was, we were talking about this a little bit off camera, but you obviously have now stepped back into the acting world, like a little bit more than you have been in the past couple of years. Do you see that snowballing into like, is this something you want to double down on more as being a full time actor or do you still want to be able to split your time between other possibilities and, and things you want to do? It's a good question. You know, I've never made a, uh, a conscious choice about what I wanted to do. Like, obviously, acting was always my great passion. And when, over the last three years, I think the thing that led me to Turner and Hooch and to keep working was that, like, in between doing YouTube and the podcast and, like, all the things that we do, like, I was still, every Wednesday night, going to acting class for six hours a night and working on it because I love it and I would do it for free. And that's basically, I was paying to do it at acting class, but it was just because I was like, A, I don't want to be rusty, and B, I knew naturally that there were like things that I needed to improve. So when Turner and Hooch came about, it just felt like the perfect melding of like who I was as a person and as a grown up, and then also kind of where my skill level was because I'd really tried to at least better myself. So I, I don't know, you know, it's like, Turner and Hooch, it's awesome that it's out. I'm really proud of it. And maybe it'll be, you know, run for 10 seasons. Maybe we'll only get to do one. But I'm just always going to create in some form. And I've stopped, like, judging it. Because I used to think that, oh, you know, doing social media was, like, a step down from the traditional movies and TV. I think that's BS. Like, as long as you're making something entertaining, as long as you're, like, working for your audience, I don't think the medium really matters have you ever considered doing a stage production at all like going on broadway i would love to with the right opportunity i do like college speaking gigs where i do like half stand-up half moderated q a oh you do half stand-up when you go to colleges yeah oh i didn't know that yeah i'll be in uh, i'll be in new york and upstate new york performing at the end of august oh cool how, how many great. minutes do you do an hour 
Oh, thirty great. minute stand up, and then thirty minute I like open it up to the to the children, to the promising young minds of tomorrow. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. It's but, great, but stage could be a possibility in the future, like a one man show, a one man show, or just being like a you in, know in, in a show of some sort. Yeah, I like, love it. Can I you do, sing? I'm all right. Could you do a musical? Maybe. I, I I would say for the actors turned musical performers, like. I could, yeah, I could, I could probably hang. Um, but obviously, your fitness journey, you know, it's pretty obvious how far you've come. But I'm curious, like, have you had any like new leaps and bounds that you've made with it, where you've discovered a new form of exercise or dieting or anything like that? I've been doing something called the Tabata app in the uh, in in the pandemic because I was doing like a lot of like park workouts and whatnot because you couldn't go to a regular gym. So basically, it's just a timer that goes off every 30 seconds. So you get a 30 second round, 10 seconds. Of rest and it just goes for an hour. So I just try to not stop moving the whole time. Oh, jumping so, jacks, push ups. Yeah. And like nothing crazy, like nothing that you'd want to do quickly. Like the weight is all pretty low because you don't want to be like busting out 12 reps in mm-hmm. 30 seconds of something that's going to be r- really heavy. Mm-hmm. But it keeps me accountable because that was like the hardest part was like, how do I stay motivated over an hour when I'm like checking my Twitter in the middle of sets? Mm-hmm. So this is just like good podcast, good Billy Joel playlist and Ooh. my Tabata app and some push ups, pull ups, dips, air squats. What podcast are you listening to? Hootnaf. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> On repeat. My episode. <laughs> episode one. And now 41. So, Josh, you have Turner and Hooch out. Is there anything else that the people should be looking out for or following or finding you in different places? My TikTok. <laughs> oh, yes. Your TikToks. The TikToks. Uh, nope. It's just just me here live with you guys. What days do does Turner and Hooch come out? Wednesdays. Or Wednesdays. On Disney today. Plus. Disney Plus. At the beginning of the day or at night? 12.01 a.m. Oh, boy. Yeah. I made sure last night. I could have. So you're saying I could have stayed up last night till midnight to watch the new episode. Let's watch I it now. didn't. In front of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you watch it with your family? No. I can't watch myself. Oh, really? I, I watch it with my mom. I half watch it because I'll bring my son over. And so my mom needs my help turning on. And off most appliances in her house. And so I will go, I will turn it on for her, and then I'll like draw with Max and like play with toys while she's watching it. And I'll kind of watch it and I'll tune in and out as I know, like, because I remember the episode. So I'll be like, oh, I remember that was a fun scene. Or like, oh, I'm pretty sure I screwed that one. And so it's very hard though. Has Max ever looked at the TV and looked back at you and been like, Dada? Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, but he. Just, Why don't we have a dog? <laughs> he thinks it's a home movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he'd say, "Oh, this is like a really high quality home movie." <laughs> He's like, "Dad, dad, did you feel this on HD? Sometimes like, he goes, res, Josh. 4K? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes to me by my first name. He'll be like Josh, <laughs> and I'll be like Mister Peck. <laughs> no eye contact. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you came. You know, you were like so monumental in getting us started on this podcast. Every forty, can I come every forty? Yeah, we yeah. can totally do that. Thanks, boys. Or anytime you, you just want, want to Josh. stop by. You're, you're welcome anytime, anywhere. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you for fitting me in between um, Ilya and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we won't be having them back for a while. <laughs> love y'all. We love you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Have a good day, guys.